This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is These Walls Within. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Girl. Between yesterday and today, it just seems like the internet has been blowing up with what's going on. Okay. Um, Ghana was released from prison because he took a plea deal. And Boosie feels some kind of way about it. I will show you that on my live today. Uh, when I do my live, um, if it's today or tomorrow when I do my live, I'm going to, you know, show on my live that Ghana, uh, what Boosie has to say, which my thing is, is like this street code ain't shit. I'll, that's all I have to say. Street code ain't shit to me. The reason why it ain't shit because it's so many people who are being victimized by people in the neighborhood and that need their voices to be heard. I understand why you are doing what you're doing. Trust and believe me. But at the end of the day, when you victimize people and you get to the point to where you start killing people, you need to go to jail. Um, but you know, I guess Boosie feel like gonna betray the streets. If I was Boosie, I let it go. Also, um, academic got snatched by Diddy. Who thought it was hilarious to drag Carisha? Columbus Short is over here uh, exposing some tea, what's going on with Twitch and what happened with Twitch. And I kind of said something to the effect of that it had to do with finances. I said that. Because most people, most people problem, especially most grown folks problems is finances, is money. And not having enough. Okay. Um, but I don't think that's information that Columbus Short should be spilling. And uh, Robert Griffin the third, you know him. He called people jigaboos, honey. He was over here calling people jigaboos. He got called because he's now a sports anchor. He got caught calling people jigaboos. He's like, I made bugaboos. And I'm like, you make me want to throw my pager out the window. Tell MCI to turn the phone off. Break my lease so I can move because you a bugaboo. Hell, A-O-L to make my email stop. Because you a bugaboo. You bugging what you bugaboo. Bugging who you bugging me. And it's not cool. He said he meant to say bugaboo. He didn't mean to say jigaboo. I'll be talking about that on my live either tomorrow or today. But I'll be talking about these things because I got them saved on my thing. Um, I got them saved on my um, Instagram. So, um... You'll be hearing about this later, but I want to talk about first and foremost before we, we you know, get into what today's topic is going to be about, which is Cleopatra. Um, let's look at the definition of jigaboo. You know, matter of fact, let me not type it. I mean, I don't know why I'm acting like I don't have this thing right here. What is the definition of jigaboo? Thank you. 
a black person. Jigaboo's expensive as nigga. Y'all know that, right? Offensive it is. It's as offensive as nigger. Or in your term, nigger. Because apparently when you say nigger, it's not offensive anymore. But you use a hard ER, nigger. That's offensive. I have said nigger before. Don't ask me in the, de- the reason why I have said hard ER. I am black. I was using it to mock someone, long story short. Okay. So, I mean, you know, he might as well went ahead and went on air and said, nigger. These niggers. He might as well said that. Because that's how inflexive Jigaboo is. You know, I don't know what to make of, of Rob, Robert Griffin III. I don't know what to make of him. Um, and I know you guys are like, well, the first thing you gonna do because you're a black woman, you gonna say that he, he don't like black people because he got a white wife. I don't give a fuck what color his wife is. Um... My thing with Robert, and I'm going to say this, because some of you black people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I'm going to say this. I know how it feels when black people tell you that you don't give yourself toward them, and you don't, basically, you're not shucking and jiving for black people. Black people expect you to shuck and jive too for them, just like you shuck and jive for white people. I don't believe in shucking the job for nobody because I don't like none of y'all motherfuckers. I don't care what race you is. But. <laughs> but people feel like Robert Griffin III gears himself and, and caters to the white audience a little bit more. Okay. What that's what they feel. Okay? But both of them are Achilles heel. Let me explain to you why both of them are Achilles heel. Okay? When it comes to you and your personality, I know y'all, y'all be sitting up here, y'all be sitting up here talking about a cookout and everybody wants to be at that black ass cookout let me tell you this you're basically saying that people should comply to appeal to a certain group of people black people have a trillion dollar buying power so yes 
of course you're going to do any and everything to make black people happy because that's a billion dollar buying power. But is it worth your soul? Is it worth you giving up who you really are? Same difference. White people, they is 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 a universal market. But is it worth you giving up who you really are and what you stand for? So I feel like both of them. Did I say Achilles heel? I feel like both of them. are the worst because at the end of the day you should love me sorry I had to turn off my heater blowing all loud and stuff my room is all hot and crispy but you should like me for who I am so if you don't really love me for who I am it doesn't matter if black people or white people like me. Do you like the real me? So, that's the thing I don't like about the entertainment industry. Is that people want you to, you have to get yourself towards one or two audience. Get yourself to white people, you get a broader spectrum of people that accept you. You get yourself toward black people. You still gonna be set. I mean, black people's a billion dollar, it's a trillion dollar. Either way, you can make a billion dollars off of just gearing yourself to black people. But is it because they like you or is it because they like what you do for them? And I don't like that. Okay? Do I feel like Robert Griffin III gears himself toward white people? I really low-key don't know. Um, but him saying Jigaboo, you know, is that a Freudian slip? Because I know I don't use the word Jigaboo during my daily basis. And here we go with the trash truck. Give me a second. even came out his mouth made me side-eye Robert Griffin III I want to hear his explanation he said bugaboo any boo you describe when it comes to a group, large group of black people I don't care what boo it is is offensive but I low-key feel like this is a Freudian slip Y'all know what a Freudian slip is. Don't make me pop. Y'all, don't make me. Y'all, I'm in psychology. Don't, don't make me. Don't make me do. Let me explain. Don't make me explain what a Freudian slip is. Because he has gotten away. He's been hiding under a cave of rock somewhere. He has been a non-problematic person. But for now, for you to go on TV and consider 
a group of young black men to be Jigaboos? Question mark, question mark, question mark? It feels like a Freudian slip to me. I know, God, y'all know black people are so quick to be, be so quick to, and so, so, so quick and so excited to label you as something like they did with August Alcina. Lord have mercy. Y'all know August Alcina will brain fuck you. Y'all do not know Virgos like I know a Virgo because I'm a Virgo and I love mind fucking people. If you think I don't like you, I want you to keep thinking that. If you think that I like you, I want you to keep thinking that. I can't tell you how to think. That's your brain. That's part of being a Virgo. But, but anyway, August Alcina mind fucked you guys. And y'all like, oh my god, he came out the closet. I knew he was gay. That nigga ain't ever been gay ever in his damn life. Okay? He's not gay. You're gay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We all should be gay. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for real though. Seriously, y'all should be gay. It's Christmas, but um, I think this is as simple as it comes. This is a Freudian slip. Okay, I ain't gonna drag RB. I ain't gonna drag RG three hard. Because I really don't give a fuck about what he thinks of my black ass. I don't care. Don't give a fuck. He's not on my radar. He's not even my type. Y'all know I like them short niggas from B2K. <laughs> You're not J-Bug, Rasby, your little fizz in a Morion. Or look like a Morion. Oh, Ryan. Nobody wants you. Um, so, uh, seriously though, it's a Freudian slip. I think it's genuinely a Freudian slip. Does this mean he has a bad heart? I don't give a fuck what kind of heart he got. I really low-key, I mean, RBG, what is it, RG3? He's not on my radar. Nobody cares. I will say that his edges look real nice, though. I mean, the little braids he had on while he was doing his uh, broadcast, they look cute. Your hair look nice, RGB3. But, uh... I don't, I don't know what his intentions were when he said that, but he definitely... I mean, this is... this is You don't say stuff subconsciously, or you, you think stuff subconsciously, like I might, I have probably said something subconsciously on my podcast that exposed how I really am. At this point, some of you guys think I am a racist, uh, pan-African narcissist, okay? Who loves B2K? And some of you guys might feel that way, okay? 
people do slip up. They sit up there, they talk too much, and then they sit up there and say something. And I just feel like, okay, it has to be part of your vocabulary physically for you to be able to subconsciously say it. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just saying. Okay? It's like it's like that fucking asshole. I'm going to talk about him. That fucking asshole made a Trayvon Martin joke. Thought it was funny. I did not know it was funny that a 17-year-old young man lost his life because of a neighborhood watch guy. Fat! Neighborhood watch guy. Y'all thought that was funny? So he, so it's a Freudian slip. I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like it's not a Freudian slip. But I mean, it ain't like that we... I'm gonna tell you this black people like we knew the nigga like was like that. We knew he was like we been knew the nigga like he ain't he don't like anything chocolate. He's as chocolate as they come. We know y'all gonna say that. But it has to be part of your vocabulary for you to slip up and say it. That's all I have to say. Anytime a white person slip up and say nigger. That's a Freudian slip. And they've been saying it behind your back the whole fucking time. Anytime a, a black person, you know, says, uh, calls somebody an LGBTQ a faggot or a sissy, you've been that way the whole time. <laughs> okay. You call an educated woman a Jezebel whore who needs to be in the kitchen. You have always been a misogynistic pig. Okay? This is not new. So it's a Freudian slip. With that being said, uh, today we're going to be talking about Queen Cleopatra. And like I said, I watched a movie about her. And it's crazy to me because the last two is about the fact that I watched movies pertaining to them. Um, I didn't watch movies pertaining to uh, Queen Alexandra or Queen Mary Attack. Um, I didn't. I can't find any. The only movie I've seen that had Mary Attack in it, um, in the beginning of The Crown, Mary Attack was in the first season of The Crown. Um, and then the movie about her son. Wasn't it? The King's Speech? She was in it. But I don't think there's any movie directly isolated talking about Queen Mary Tech or Queen Alexandra of Denmark. But the last two, there's movies about them. I mean, you can find several Queen uh, Mary Marie Antoinette movies because yeah, they love... Marie Antoinette because y'all feel like she's a savage and then with Queen um, with Cleopatra you know every black girl is her okay so today we're going to talk about Cleopatra and I want to talk about the problem I have with the movie um, like I already told y'all it's giving me Pocahontas vibes and not Pocahontas vibes in a good way um, but before we get into that Here's a word from my sponsor. 
yes we try to look into getting more sponsors okay that's the goal of 2023 get more sponsors for my podcast um do events stuff like that we're gonna expand just give us some time we started during the pandemic we see you i'm back I did not know that, like, Tyler Perry was Lilibet's godfather. Go ahead, Tyler. Sit up there making good with some of the rules. People don't understand, you know. Because Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are looked down upon now. And throughout their world history, they're going to be seen as as advocates okay trust and believe okay so today we're going to talk about cleopatra um i'm gonna talk about the movie book but i want to talk about but i'm gonna add to what there's parts i'm gonna add that had to do with the movie now there's parts i'm gonna add that has to do with um and, and what i'm gonna add in with the facts that we're talking about with cleopatra um so yeah um Y'all know Egypt is is has always been in my heart and in my blood. I feel like nobody really tells the Egyptian royal family story the right way, even though their inbreeding was worse than uh the Habsburgs, which I don't know which one was worse, the Habsburgs or the Egyptians. Y'all know King Tut, like, he had all these weird conditions because he was inbred as fuck. But, you know, I have always enjoyed Egyptian history, and that's the least amount of history that we get, even when we're talking about world history. Nobody really goes into details. I feel like TV shows do more of a job of going into details and talking about Egyptian royalty history. Um, y'all know I, my heart is there with Egypt. Y'all know I was talking to you guys a year ago because I saw this because I was watching the Lovely Tea. Shout out to the Lovely Tea on YouTube where she was talking about them unearthing the royal fam the royal family's body and transporting them to a new museum and all of a sudden all these weird things start happening um the freaking Suez canal was clogged up and the shit was making a, a a penis a phallic symbol and the water yes it was the the way it was moving it drew a phallus penis 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 um and now that it's in my head shout out to strawberry top you don't know who strawberry top is you don't need to know <laughs> oh now it's some strawberry ice cream anyway um like i said i feel like there's not enough known about Egyptian history. And the ones who tell the stories are the ones who conquer Egypt. So they're not going to put Egypt out as a good thing. Everybody knows the story about Egypt does not look too good and how they deal with the Hebrew people. 
um, in Egypt. Y'all know the story about Moses. Mm-hmm. Who knows what miracles you would believe? Though hopes will fail, it's hard to tell. Y'all know that, Prince of Egypt? Moses. You know, the Bible don't make the Egyptians look real good. <laughs> Well, with that being said, we're going to talk about Queen Cleopatra, okay? And then I'm going to add in what the movie talked about. And I feel like the movie is loosely based off a true story, but it ain't really like, you know, they didn't really talk about the full thing because there's some things that's going to, you know, make you question something. All right, so I got this information from history.com. We don't do Wikipedia. We try not to do Wikipedia, but sometimes Wikipedia has facts in it. But I'm just telling you we don't do wikipedia because i told y'all before there's a college professor going around here messing up the wikipedia page so you won't use wikipedia even though it's a dark old site true story all right so it says 10 little known facts about cleopatra it says cleopatra was not egyptian we already starting off with something that is making me queasy it says Cleopatra was born in Egypt. She traced her family origins to Macedonia, Greece, and Ptolemy the first Sauter, one of the Alexander the Great's generals. Ptolemy reigned Egypt after Alexander's death in 323 BC, and he launched a dynasty of Greek-speaking rulers that lasted for nearly three centuries. Despite not being ethnically Egyptian, Cleopatra embraced many of her country's ancient customs and was the first member of the Ptolematic line to learn the Egyptian language. All right, so this is one of those person, you know, when people talk about the Egyptians, there's always an argument about if they were Egyptian or not. And we argue about the Arabs who are now in Egypt and if Egypt were Africans and stuff like that. And the biggest argument is if Cleopatra was black. So basically, the History Channel is telling you that she was Macedonian Greece. Okay. She was multiracial. So she was part of a family that was Grecian. That made it with the Macedonians, came to Egypt, conquered Egypt, and she was able to conquer Egypt because she was part of the ruling family that conquered Egypt. So now I'm sorry, I didn't if I like you now, Cleo. She was a product of incest, always. <laughs> Like many royal houses, members of the Ptolemaic dynasty often married within the family to preserve the purity of their bloodline. Y'all know that's nasty. More than a dozen of Cleopatra's ancestors tied the knot with cousins or siblings. It's likely that her own parents were brother and sister. In keeping with the custom, Cleopatra eventually married both of her adolescent brothers, each of whom served as her ceremonial spouse and co-regent at different times during her reign. Girl... Now, this is where the movie started. The movie started because um, I guess her brother was the ruler of Egypt and they were beefing. And um, for Rome, it was Rome that ruled 
that was going around doing stuff, you know. And she, you know, they, I guess they kidnapped her and, and made and placed her as Queen of Egypt. Okay. Cleopatra's beauty wasn't her biggest asset. Roman propaganda painted Cleopatra as a devout tentress who used her sex appeal as a political weapon. That's mm-hmm. a teal, I meant a pill. But she may have been more renowned for her intellect than her appearance. She spoke as many as a dozen languages and was educated in mathematics, philosophy, oratory, and astronomy. The Egyptian sources later describe her as a ruler who elevated the rank of scholars and enjoyed their company. There are also evidence that Cleopatra wasn't as physically striking as once believed. Coins with her portrait show her with mainly features, with manly features, a large hooked nose. This is where we start to uh, see her as ra- see this is racist because who said that a large hook nose was was unattractive? Y'all know I told y'all how I feel about y'all picking on noses. Damn it! Though some historians contend that she intentionally portrayed herself as masculine as a display of strength, for his part, the ancient writer Plutarch claimed that Cleopatra's beauty was not altogether uncomparable and that it was instead her mellifluous speaking voice and irresistible charm that made her so desirable. She was played by Elizabeth Taylor. So, I mean, you know, Elizabeth Taylor, she's that bad. Okay, have you seen her diamond collection? Girl. She had a hand in the death of three of her siblings. Mm. Pograbs and murder plots were as much as Ptolemaic, 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 I said it wrong, sorry, tradition as family marriages in Cleopatra and her brother and sisters were no different. Her first sibling husband, Ptolemy the Eighth, ran her out of Egypt after she tried to take sole possession of the throne and the pair later faced off in a civil war. Cleopatra regained upper hand by teaming with Julius Caesar. Okay, this is where I said the movie started. Okay. She was trying to take sole possession of the throne. And so she decided to go with somebody who was more powerful. Okay. Powerful. Ptolemy drowned in the Nile River after being defeated in battle. Following the war, Cleopatra married to her younger brother, Ptolemy. The 16th. What? But she's believed to have had him murdered in a bid to make her son her co-ruler. In 41 BC, she also engineered the execution of her sister, Arsinoe, who she considered a rival to the throne. Dang, you gonna murder your whole family just to be queen? Oh, girl. Mm. This was not all in the movie. Matter of fact, they just showed the part where her and her brother, they were beefing. And I think that he did. I mean, they made it seem like Julius Caesar executed them. And she had a baby with Caesar. And then she married Caesar. Um, but I did not know she married her younger brother, Ptolemy the 16th. 
knew how to make an entrance. Okay, this was also what the movie showed too, honey. I was like, honey, Cleopatra believed herself to be a living goddess and she often used clever stagecrafts to woo potential allies and reinforce her divine statues. That is a famous example of how flair of the dramatic came in 48 BC when Julius Caesar arrived in Alexandria during her feud with her brother, Ptolemy VIII. Knowing Ptolemy forced with Thor her attempts to meet with the Roman general, Cleopatra had herself wrapped in a carpet. Yup. Some sources say it was a linen sack and smuggled into his personal quarters. Mm -hmm. Caesar was dazzled by the sight of the young queen in her royal garb, and the two soon became allies and lovers. That's how we met her in the movie. It says Cleopatra later employed a similar bit of theater in her 41 BC encounter with Mark Antony. When summoned to meet Roman triumvir and tarsa tarsa tarsus she is said to have arrived on a golden barge adorned with purple sails and rowed by oars made of silver cleopatra had made up had been made up to look like the goddess aphrodite they said she isis and she sat beneath a glided canopy while attendants dressed as cupid fanned her and burned sweet smell incense Antony, who considered himself the embodiment of the Greek god Dionysus, was instantly enchanted. He definitely was the god of wine in the movie. I didn't know she killed all her siblings like that. Okay. She was living in Rome at the time of Caesar's assassination. Y'all know E2 Brutus. Mm -hmm. Cleopatra joined Julius Caesar in Rome beginning in 46 BC. And her presence seemed to have caused quite a stir. Caesar didn't hide that she was his mistress, and she even came to the city with their love child, Caesarian, in tow. And many Romans were scandalized when her, he erected a glided statue of her in the temple of Venus Genetrix. Cleopatra was forced to flee Rome after Caesar was stabbed to death in the Roman Senate in 44 BC. But by then, she had made her mark on the city, her exotic hairstyle and pearl jewels, Jewelry became a fashion trend, and according to the historian Joanne Fletcher, so many Romans adopted the Cleopatra look that their statues has often been mistaken for Cleopatra for herself. Mm. So, as you know, a most and very influential queen is always fashionable. Cleopatra and Mark Antony formed their own drinking club. Cleopatra first began her legendary love affair with the Roman general Mark Antony in 41 BC. Their relationship had a political component. Cleopatra needed Antony to protect her crown and maintain Egypt's independence, while Antony needed access to Egypt's riches and resources. But they were also immensely fond of each other's company. According to ancient sources, they spent the winter of 41 and 40 BC living a life of leisure and excess in Egypt and even formed their own drinking society known as the Inmitable livers. Yeah. Pretty sure y'all didn't need them livers the way y'all drinking. 
The group engaged in nightly feasts and wine binges, and its members occasionally took part in elaborate games and contests. One of Antony and Cleopatra's favorite activities supposedly involved wandering the street of Alexandria in a disguise and playing pranks on its residents. It says she led a fleet in the naval battle. Cleopatra eventually married Mark Antony and had three children with him. I didn't know that part because in the movie she didn't marry him. He was married to somebody else. He was uh, he was married because they had put in Octavian Octavian as king, and I think that was one of Caesar's sons or something like that. And they made him marry Octavian's sister, Octavia. Nobody said they got married in the movie with him, but their relationship also spawned a massive scandal in Rome. Antony's rival Octavian used propaganda to portray him as a traitor under the sway of scheming seductress. And in 32 BC, the Roman Senate declared war on Cleopatra. The conflict reached its climax the following year in a famous naval battle of Actium. Cleopatra personally led several dozen Egyptian warships into the fray alongside Antony's fleet, but there were no match for Octavian's navy. The battle soon devolved into a rout, and Cleopatra and Antony were forced to break through the Roman line and flee to Egypt. So I was right about Octavian's part in it, right? I just know that Mark Antony was supposed to be married to his sister. Cleopatra may have died, may not have died from an ass bite. Y'all know the whole story is that Cleopatra died from the ass of a snake. Um, in the movie, um, it was portrayed that she had them give her a thing of figs and there was a snake in the figs and that's how she died. Cleopatra and Antony famously took their own lives in 30 BC after Octavian forces pursued them to Alexandria. While Antony is said to have fatally stabbed himself in his stomach, Cleopatra's method of suicide is less certain. Legend has it that she died by enticing an ass, most likely a viper or an Egyptian cobra, to bite her arm. But the ancient chronicler Plutarch admits that what really took place is not known to no one. He said Cleopatra was also known to conceal a deadly poison in one of her hair combs, and the historian Strabo notes that she may have applied a fatal ointment. With this in mind, many scholars now suspect she used a pen dip in some form of potent toxin, snake venom, or otherwise. A 1963 film about her was the most expensive film of all time, honey. Queen of the Nile has been betrayed on silver screen by the likes of Claudette Colbert and Sophia Loren. But she was most famously played by Elizabeth Taylor in 1963, Swords and Sandal epic Cleopatra. The film was plagued by production problems and script issues, and its budget eventually soared from $2 million to $44 million, including some $200,000, just to cover the cost of Taylor's costume. She was wearing a different outfit in every scene. Can we talk about that? It was like every five minutes 
wish she was wearing a different outfit. Was that in Elizabeth Taylor's contract or was that really how Cleopatra rolled? I'm curious. It was the most expensive movie ever made at the time of its release and nearly bankrupt its studio despite raking in a fortune at the box office. If inflation is taken into account, Cleopatra remains one of the priciest movies in history even today. When was this written? Because you're going to tell me that that James Cameron stuff that he doing is still not the most priciest movie ever to this day. This was written in 2015. This was still at the Avatar. You tell me Avatar don't cost that much? Avatar look like it's expensive to make. It's taking him 13 years to do it again. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why I'm getting like Pocahontas vibes from her. Okay. But I mean, in the same thing, she was Macedonian Greece, Greek. So now that we know that, it's still giving me, um, And it is. It's still giving me Pocahontas vibes. Okay. Let me tell you why. This thing is saying that she was born 69 BC. They're saying that Mark Antony was born 32 BC. Ain't that going down so he was younger than her? How old is was Caesar? So she was only in the 39 when she passed away. Mm. I'm trying to find it because I'm just giving it's like people do anything just to conquer the where you at and conquer what you're doing. And I'm thinking that the uh people of Egypt today. Are the ancestors of this bloodline genuinely? I do.
Okay, he was born in 100 BC. So that's a good, what, 30 years apart? That's why I was saying they were giving me Pocahontas vibes. Now, in this day standards, it is seen as pedophilic to go after somebody young, especially for their crown. But back then, of course, it was different rules, different schools. You hit puberty, and as soon as you hit puberty, it's time for you to get married. Um, so, in today, today's society, you're not mature enough to make that decision to get married. But in the same sense, we get coddled, and then we don't know how to make the adult decisions. But I was just getting Pocahontas vibes from her. Like, she did what she had to do to stay queen, but she always had to, like, submit herself to whoever was ruling over her. Like, she had to rule, she had to submit herself to her brothers. She had to submit herself to Caesar. She had to submit herself with Mark Antony. I did not know her last three kids were with Mark Antony, by the way. I did not know that. Because they didn't make they didn't make it a thing. They sent her, they show her sending away her son that she had with Caesar, but they didn't show her um what her other kids. Cause I was watching the movie, I was like, no, she had three other kids. She had four children. Did she have four children? Or did she have kids with her brothers too? That's the question I want to know as well. Did she have kids with her brothers? Ew, that's gross. That's gross to even think that somebody would have kids with their brother. But she did what she had to do. That's why I'm getting from it. And part of doing what she had to do was like she couldn't think of other stuff. She had to keep herself as a leader. That's why I got. Which I questioned it. And to be specific, she's Cleopatra. The seventh. Okay, my bad. So that was Ptolemy the eighth. Not Ptolemy the eighth. That was somebody eighth. Okay, I messed it up. But she was Cleopatra the seventh. Her mother was Cleopatra the fifth. I still don't know her whole story. I'm looking even at the Wikipedia page. I'm like, I feel like I don't know the whole story. To be continued, I can say. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. Um, This is Lady Tiffany Ma. This is the Twelve Within. What you do when the dark will come to light? I don't think we know the whole story about Cleopatra. I genuinely don't think we know the whole story about Cleopatra. 
Um, but with that being said, I hope you guys are having a lovely day. Next week, I'm only going to do one podcast, and it's going to be talking about the mysterious case of D.B. Cooper. Um, I, I'm going to go back to downing, sousing, how many podcasts I do. But I know, like, after Christmas, I'm going to do my year-end review. And, you know, part of that is going to be some tears. Because, I mean, this year, happy tears. And I have to do my year-end review. I will do that, and that will be coming up. But we might talk about D.B. Cooper at the beginning of the year. I don't know, beginning of next year. With that being said... I hope you guys have a merry little Christmas and a happy new year. God blesses everyone. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. Stay safe uh, and keep your mentals in check. We know this time of year, you know, people are dealing with grievances. Um, And so check on your strong friend. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. The next one I'm going to talk about is D.B. Cooper. It's going to be deep. Uh, the reason I want to talk about D.B. Cooper because, girl, things you got to get away with in the 70s on the airport. <laughs>